dinner so you can keep talking about crash stories over dinner later on. <laughs> um, and yeah, if, you, if you're new here, we do have dinner each week and um, just everyone's welcome to come. We, we really encourage people to just bring something to share and encourage as many people as possible just to jump in and do a little bit of clean up and help out with that um, as well. But it's just great to sort of hang out after church and, and spend some time just having community together, being a family together. So we're going to do that. Um, and we are starting a new series today um, on prayer as a part of this this month of prayer. And um, if you might have got an email, if you're on the email list from me this week, and I, I put some stuff on Facebook as well um, about this month of prayer and some details. There's also at the desk at the back, there's some paper copies of some resources and, and some details. But I, I suppose the kind of the, the thought is, I guess it's always good to pray, but particularly we're in a significant time in the life of our church. Um, we're seeking God for some direction. The elders are doing a strategic review starting on Saturday. We're praying for new senior pastors. There's lots of needs in our community as well as just that sort of bigger bigger picture needs. And as Josh said before as well, there's desperate needs in our neighborhoods and communities and schools and families. And prayer is one of these things that most people are like, yeah, prayer is so important and it's so great and I believe in it and it's good and I'm really... It's really hard, or like maybe even this feels a sense of guilt. Like I should do it more. I don't. I don't pray enough. There's probably not many people who are there like, actually, yeah. The thing that I'm acing in life right now is prayer. Like, like I'm just on top of it. Like I'm just awesome at prayer. Like if that is you, then that's awesome. Like <laughs> you should be preaching. But um, it, 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 it's it, it, and unfortunately, like the guilt and the, the sort of pressure actually makes it worse. And and the, the the heart behind this is not at all like like let's force ourselves to pray a lot. The heart is. Actually, what would it look like to just have an intensive season as a community where we say, actually, we really want to prioritize prayer. We want to grow in this. We want to encourage each other in this. We want to talk about this. We want to equip each other in this um, so, that, so that we can really become, in, in greater measure, people of prayer and a community of prayer and that we really need God to, to speak and to move and to intervene. But prayer is one of those things, like we said, that, that can be um, overwhelming even, can, can be quite daunting. Um, for a different way. Sometimes maybe you've tried to pray and you just think, well, what do I say? Or you sort of pray for two minutes and you think it's been like half an hour and it's been like two minutes. <laughs> or it's like, what do I say? Or, or maybe you've gone to pray and you just think, well, there's so many needs. There's so many things we could pray for. Like, like when do we stop? Or like how do, how do we manage? Or, or where do we start? And, and this week, I guess just to, just to sort of intro into this month, again, not a, not a full comprehensive message about prayer, but just the question, well, actually, just what, where's, where's a place we could start? And again, this message today is not like this is how you have to pray or this is what you have to do, but, but maybe this is something I'm offering today as, well, what, what could we start with? Where could we start if that's, if that's daunting or hard? And a great place to start, as, as a community of people that we center our lives around Jesus, believe that he is the, the king, that he is the son of God, that he's alive, um, and that, that to follow, follow him is, is what it really means to be a Christian, to trust Jesus and to become his apprentice or his disciple. And Jesus was a person of prayer. He, he spent multiple hours in prayer. He would, he would get away and go up a mountain and, and pray and talk to his father, so much so that his disciples once asked him, how do we pray? And he gave them this thing that, that we've come to call the Lord's Prayer. Or what, what Jesus responded to his disciples, he gave them this, this prayer for them to pray. And you might know this prayer. Um, it's, it's pretty famous. Um, you might even know it by heart. Um, when I was a kid, um, across the road from us was a, 
we had best friends like neighbors who grew up with and, and their mum was a Christian. She kind of was really influential in my mum becoming a Christian and we would have sleepovers and every night before we'd, I'd go to bed when I was having a sleepover at their places, she would pray the Lord's Prayer with us. And it's kind of through that just like repetition, you get to learn it. But, but in some ways, this kind of has also become a bit of like um, something that we just sort of say without thinking. You might just go, oh, yeah, that's the Lord's Prayer. Like, you just read it out, and it kind of doesn't really mean much. Or it's kind of just seems too, like, ritualistic, and we kind of think, oh, that's not really genuine. Like, but what I want to offer today is actually, well, no, this is, this is not so much just something that we read out. But it's actually like a structure that we can live in and have a lot of freedom in as we pray. Because sometimes it can be so overwhelming. But actually having some structure as we come to pray can actually really help. It's kind of like a house has a structure. And, and the point of the house, or the point of this building, right, is not the structure. Like, it's not to have a church building or to have a house. The, the point is to have a place to live and to dwell in and to walk around in and have people over in. But the structure gives you space to do that. And same, sometimes in prayer, we can have a structure and we can fill it with, with, with our ideas and thoughts and, and what's on our heart. But the structure can kind of give some form to it. So what I want to do today is, is give you this idea of, of the, a house, right? Imagine if you've been invited to... Um, like a really nice house. Like this house is like this. It's like a mansion. Like it's not in Kalanga. It's in like Bridgman Downs or something like that. Like it's, it's some other suburb far, far away. It's this amazing house. This is it's probably somewhere in America, actually. I just got this off the internet. But, but imagine you've been invited over to this house and um, you, you, you have this, this host who's waiting for you to arrive and you don't really know the area. You don't really know where you're going. Somehow you kind of get there. It's probably like a bit late at night and, and there's other people there and you get a bit lost and you're kind of on your way in and you kind of take a driveway that sort of sends you around the back and in sort of all the busyness, you kind of get a bit stuck and you have to start to get into the house, but you don't really know where to go and you sort of just see a door that's open, but it's actually like the back door. And what I want to share with you tonight is this idea is, is from a chapter in a book by N.T. Wright that, that often we pray the Lord's Prayer, maybe without realizing it, but we actually pray it backwards quite often. It's kind of like we're going to a house but we get in the back door. And, and we, it's good to get in the house, right? Like the host is waiting for us. We just need to get in there. Like if you have to smash a window to get in there, like that's, at least you're in there. But, but what would it look like to, to go in the front door? But often we go in the back door. And what I want to do today is actually go through the Lord's Prayer backwards and actually think often the way we approach prayer is, is the backwards version of the Lord's Prayer. And, and to do that, let's just go through it, and then we'll kind of tease that out a little bit and just, just sort of go through this picture. We're going through this house, but we're going from the back door. And eventually, we need to go through, find our way through the kitchen, find our way through the dining, and eventually, like, tell, find the host and tell him that we're here. So the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6. You can follow along, or you can follow up here, and we're going to go backwards. And the last part in Matthew, you, you, you might know the part that says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So I'm actually in the, in the most earliest manuscripts. Like, There's probably a good chance that, that it is um, what Jesus taught, but it's one of the most earliest manuscripts. So we're just going to take this phrase. When you read Matthew, this is sort of the end of this prayer. And it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You might think, oh, no, most people don't pray that. But in, in reality, most people pray, right? When you're in a desperate situation, when you're facing difficulty, when you're up against evil or bad circumstances, when you're in trouble, the natural response in a lot of ways is to cry out for help. And you say, God, help. God, deliver us. God, God, fix this. God, why is it like this? Like that's like, sometimes that might even happen without you even realizing it. It's not even, it's just sort of a gut reaction to just cry out, God, we need help. 
fix this. And maybe it's not even verbalized. And this is an often, often thing we pray, deliver us from evil or the evil one. Or maybe we pray, lead us not into temptation, or sometimes that's translated trials or testing. It's like, God, we don't want to be under pressure. Or we're under pressure, we're in a hard situation. God, we want it to finish. We don't want to live under pressure. We want, we want to be safe. God, would you keep us safe and protected? And, and this is a prayer that's part of the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus teaches his followers to pray, that, that God would not lead us into temptation or trial, this idea that actually to ask God to keep us from difficult things that are going to test our faith, that to actually ask God to deliver us from the evil one and deliver us and protect us. It's a, it's a right thing to pray. But we often, that's often where we start. And if, if that's not where we start, often another common prayer to pray is, is um, so first one is, to, is deliver us. Another one is to pray for forgiveness. Again, maybe it's a situation where, where you know you've messed up, um, done something wrong, just, just failed, hurt somebody else, maybe know you've done something that's, that's upset God. And, and the normal thing to do, again, is to come and say, God, I need forgiveness. God, I'm sorry. Um, would you forgive me? And, and, and we come and, and cry out for that. And again, this is a part of the Lord's Prayer, that, that daily um, there's an invitation to ask for this, this, this wash or this cleansing of forgiveness. Um, in this prayer that Jesus teaches, though, it's, it's not just that we ask God to forgive us, but that we release others, uh, that it's that's in response to God's forgiveness of us, we forgive others. And in a sense, as we sort of re- receive forgiveness, part of that is letting go of others. They kind of go together. It's forgive us our debts or our sins as we have forgiven our debtors and this sort of daily wash of forgiveness. And again, this is this is good, but, but it's kind of coming in through the back. Deliver us, forgive us. Again, a sort of common way we might pray or think of prayer is give us today our daily bread. Again, bread is this idea of, of what our basic needs are, what we need. And, and again, this prayer, when, when we're using it as a structure, it's not that we just say, God, we need bread. Um, like maybe we need Japanese food, like, like ham or something. Or we, we need something else. Like what, what do we need to eat for the day? It doesn't have to be bread. Um, but it's, it's this idea, give us our daily needs. And again, Jesus teaches us to be people who request um, that God meets our needs. That actually, we're not to live, God, God knows our needs, but he also invites us to live asking, to, to ask him to provide, to ask him. And maybe for you, that's that asking for, maybe it is asking for food. Maybe it's asking for financial resources or for work, or maybe it's asking for help at school um, this week. Maybe it's asking for friends. Um, it could be asking for whole lots of things that, that we need, and maybe just each day, or even just asking, God, I need faith and peace uh, just to get through today. Um, and, and again, this is a valid form, way to pray. Um, and what I'm saying today is, is not that this is wrong. It's, it's better to pray than not pray. Um, better to get in the house some way than not get in it at all. Um, but, but this is kind of going backwards. Um, this, this, this idea of praying, God, help us, God, forgive us, give us our daily needs. And you probably realize that, that most of these prayers are kind of centered around us. And, and sometimes that's kind of how we can approach prayer, um, that, that we have a need, um, that there's a trial, there's an issue, we need forgiveness, and the thing to do is to pray. And again, not that that's wrong, but we're sort of going backwards, so imagine we're going through this house, we've sort of come through, and now we're going to go through the main sections, and now we're getting towards the front. And now the house kind of opens up into this, like, amazing foyer. And you can even see in the distance the host, and he's, like, looking out the door, expecting you to come in the front door. And you sort of need to make your way through the foyer and, and actually come and tell him that you're there. 
And as we find, we get to this, actually the first half of, of the prayer, but we're still going backwards. But, but things kind of shift and kind of lift. And, and it's not so much focused on us anymore, but it, but it changes. These prayers that Jesus taught sound like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is this idea of, of, of that Jesus came to announce God's kingdom, that, that God is the one who's truly in charge and that God reigns and that God's will is that his, his will, his kingdom comes and spreads over the whole earth. It's not that, that we just disappear and we go up in the sky and we escape the earth, but that God's intention in creating was that heaven, which is like the space where God is, and earth were together and they've been separated through sin, but God's plan is that they come back together and one day we'll be fully reunited. And, and that he, Jesus invites his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. And again, this is sort of praying that in our hearts that we will be people who, who reflect what it's like when God reigns, that God would actually reign in our hearts, that God would reign, his kingdom would come in our church, maybe in your family, maybe in your school, maybe at your workplace, uh, in our neighbourhood, that what God wants is done because that is what heaven is like. He- heaven is the place where everything is the way God wants it because God is perfect and good and when everything's in line with him, that's heaven. That, 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 that's the way we're meant to be. He, he is, as we talked about last week, he is love, he is goodness, his grace, his truth, his beauty. And heaven is when everything's in line with him. We pray that that would come on the earth. So this prayer is your kingdom come. Again, this, this sort of lifts up to him. This keeps going then again, and, and this, this phrase, hallowed be your name. Again, you might have prayed this before, and you kind of think, well, what does that mean? Like, it's, we don't really use that word hallowed um, anymore. Maybe like Halloween or something like that. It's, it does, it's a bit confusing. This idea like hallowed or, or, or holy or, or honored or respected. Um, some translations say, would your name be kept holy? Um, another way to say it is honor and glory to your name to actually pray that God's name would be lifted high, that God's name would be honoured, that God's name would have glory or like, like weight, uh, that people would see God and who he is, um, that, that, that God's name in, in, when he reveals it to Moses is that, that he is compassionate and gracious. He's, it's like God's character, what he's actually like. Like he's not like most people think he is. He's not absent, he's not distant, he's not just angry and strict, like he's compassionate and gracious and full of love, and he is just, but he is merciful, and, and he, he, he is perfect, he's a father, that actually his name would be made famous and would be lifted high. Jesus actually invites his, his, his disciples to pray that. And finally, we're, we're sort of right up, we're getting towards the front of the house now, and we get to up, up to our host, and, and he sees us, and he turns around, and he's probably like a bit surprised that we've come in the back door, like normally you come in the front door of the house, but he's just happy to see us. He's glad that we got in there, and, and we recognize that he's actually our father, that actually the G- Jesus teaches us when we pray, we're not praying to, to a distant force, um, we're not praying, like we said, to just like someone who's just sort of angry and upset at us, we're praying to a father in heaven. Again, heaven, the idea of the heavens or, or God surrounding us, present everywhere. He's close. He's not distant. And he's a father full of love and grace. And again, father can sometimes be hard, um, particularly if you've had an experience where, where a father may have not really reflected God very well. But, but God, when we say that he's father, he's the perfect father. He's, he's the one who's perfectly poured out love to his son for all eternity and has demonstrated his love in the cross. 
to come and realize, actually, the, the God we're called to pray to is our Father who's close. He's, he's in the heavens. He's, he's near. We pray, Heavenly Father. And you see this, this prayer that Jesus gave us to pray kind of, kind of shifts. So like we start at the back, and, and where it ends is kind of different to how it starts. Like if we start at the end, we kind of start with deliver us, forgive us, give us our needs, and it ends up being quite focused on ourselves. And then lifts as we get to the start. Your kingdom come, honor, glory to your name. And, and Father, we recognize who he is. And again, better to pray than not pray, better to get in the house than not get in the house. But, but what would it look like to flip that? What would it look like to not pray maybe the way that we, we normally are kind of inclined to, which is, can so easily be centered around self? And to pray and to start with a prayer that's like the prayer that Jesus taught, which actually starts with God. Actually, we come to prayer, not first and foremost so that we get our needs met, starting with us. But we come to prayer to position ourselves again, recognizing who's God, that he's God. Recognizing his, his nature, what he's like, remembering that he's Father. Recognizing it and praying for his glory, that his name will be lifted high, that, that his purposes would be achieved. And, and starting with that, and then, again, the, the invitation is we pray for forgiveness and for needs and, and, and for deliverance, but to approach those in light of the first. And things shift. When we, when we start with God and who he is and his nature and then come to us, we, we approach our needs and our issues in a really different way. And in some ways, if we start with us, it can cause problems, and maybe we don't even necessarily get to focusing and centering on him. N.T. Wright describes it like this. He says, if we approach the Lord's Prayer backwards, then we're bound to make the mistake of reducing God's kingdom to God doing what we want him to do. That, of course, is to turn God into an idol, a tame puppet that we invoke to get our way. And again, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily like completely true. Like I think we, we, we can still pray. Maybe the back way doesn't necessarily mean what we're trying to get God to do our way, but that there's a danger in that, that if we approach prayer focused on ourselves, we can sometimes see God or prayer as this tool that we use to get God to do what we want him to do. And there's a, there's a balance there, right? Because God does give us desires and, and God wants to partner with uh, wants us to partner with him and he wants us to ask for stuff. But if we just use him to get him to do what we want, who's God? Who, who's the Lord? Who's really the one who's being submitted to and, and surrendered to? And, and unfortunately, we can sometimes not really see him as God, but just as a means to an end, which is us and our comfort and our peace and our, our ambitions and our achievements. And we realize that he's not God anymore. We, 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 we're we're worshiping ourselves even. We're an idol. And actually, the invitation is to, to lay that down and recognize that he's God. Actually, prayer is about, first and foremost, him, his name, his purpose, his glory. And that still, our needs are, are, are met and, and we're invited to pray for them. But the place to start is with him and, and to focus on him. You, you might have experienced this in, in your life, this idea that, that sometimes you have an issue or problem, but the, the issue or the problem is just like a symptom. Of, of a real issue. Like the problem that you think is the problem is not the real problem. Like the thing that's on the surface is just on the surface. There's something under the surface. Tam and I experienced that this week with our car and, and we are not good with cars at all. And, and um, I've told stories like this before, but this week we got a call from Tam and um, the car was, was 
putting out like mist or gas or something from the air, air vent and it's starting to overheat and, and she'd pulled over on Bray's Road and it just happened that me and dad were in the car not far away so we came and, and then the, the temperature gauge went down a bit so we kind of moved it and in my, our mind we're kind of like, oh, I don't know, we don't know what to do. Like, we're just going to have to leave it. Like, we'll just ditch it. And then, oh, like, we'll come pick it up later on or something. And then we're like, oh, it's sort of gone down a bit. We'll drive it home. We have to stop it one more time. And we don't really even think to, like, look under the bonnet. Like, that's what normal people probably do, right? Like, we're just like, oh, well, the car's broken. Like, but the next day, like, I drove it again a little bit. And then, then I'm like, well, I should probably look under the bonnet, like, and just have a look and see if there's something wrong. And I open it up, and there's, like, basically no coolant in there at all. Like, like it's just basically empty. And, and if I had a look at that first, it would have been pretty obvious. But it's like, oh, okay, so the, there's this stuff coming out of the air vent. There's this gas coming out. It's overheating. But that's not really the problem. Like, the problem is that there's no coolant. Like, it needs coolant to stay cool, right? And so I go to the super cheap, and I get, get stuff and fill it up. And now, now, so far, it's pretty good. But it's like that idea, right? There's a symptom, but there's a problem under the surface that's a bigger problem. And sometimes we face things. We have legitimate needs and issues uh, fears and weaknesses, but sometimes we can think that they're the problem and we need God to fix it. We need God to intervene. We need God to deliver us. We need God to take it away. But actually the problem, that's just a symptom. Actually the problem is that that has become our focus or even our comfort or our safety and security has become our focus when actually our focus is to be him. Actually the, the, the issue can be that, that our world becomes consumed with the issue or consumed with ourselves when life is not about ourselves, it's about him and his name and his glory. And actually, when we come like this prayer with Jesus and come back to his name, his purpose, his glory, sometimes the symptoms just disappear. We realize, oh, that's right. Like, like this is about you and, and you're my father and, and you care and you're at work in your kingdom. And actually, this this issue that I'm facing now, in light of all that, it kind of diminishes. It's not as big. Or even we kind of realize that actually that I was just going the wrong direction there because I was, I was just trying to use you to achieve my will when actually the point of life is not that, that you fix everything so I feel better, but it's actually that you, you, you be made famous, that you be glorified, that your will be done. That, and actually we get to enter into that and that he's the center, that he's actually God, not us. And actually that's, that can often be the real problem, that we've become the center rather than him. And this prayer invites us not to start with us. And again, again, like I said, this is not comprehensive. There are times when that's valid. In the Psalms, there's times when we just pour out our heart to God where we're at. Like that's all we can do. Like that, again, better to just pray and just come to God with our fear or insecurity, just come and talk to him about it. And hopefully we get to a place of, of praise and recognizing him. But as a general rule, what would it look like to not start there, but to start with him, to let him be God, and to partner with him for his purposes and his will. So I invite you maybe this, this month to think about using this as a structure. Um, maybe you've already done that before, maybe, maybe not. I, I've been probably doing it for about a year or so, probably most days, and I found this so helpful. And again, it's not just we just read out the prayer, or it's not just you just say it and the words have some special power. It, it's about a structure, and it's about living in it or dwelling in it, which means maybe we start prayer with just saying good morning to Father, or saying hello to Father, re remembering his Father, thanking him, thanking him that we are adopted, thanking him that he was with us yesterday and, and did this thing, and just, just spending time reflecting on, on who he is and enjoying being with him. And maybe after we've done that for a while, we spend some time in worship, 
And we just say, God, would your name be honored and glorified? You're so great. You're so good. And we, maybe we sing for a bit. Maybe, maybe we read a verse that just declares how good God is and just sort of spend some time in that. Maybe sort of spend some time praying for his kingdom to come. And we think of some areas in our life where, where things are obviously not in line with God's will and, and pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done there. Maybe in our own heart, maybe in friends, maybe in families, maybe in schools, workplaces. We sort of list some of these things. Maybe then uh, we move on and we think, well, actually, I have these needs today, um, these things I'm worried about, th- these things I don't know how I'm going to face them, and, and we ask God for help. Um, and again, when we do that often, then, then when he meets that, we realize, well, he's listening, like he's, he's, he's answering. Each day, maybe we just confess, receive forgiveness, and let others go. And each day, we pray, God, protect us, keep us from trial, help us. And again, this is a structure that we can dwell in and live in. Not you have to go through it all. Like some days maybe you spend a bit more time on one or some days you maybe start at a different one. And again, not that you have to do this at all, but this is, a, this is a, just something I'm offering as a, as a way to help um, a structure and, and sort of live in this. And in many ways, Jesus lived this prayer. Jesus, Jesus taught it, but he lived it. He lived a life not, not consumed with the issues, not consumed with himself, but centered on his father. He lived life as a son, trusting his father each day, uh, seeking to do his will, seeking to speak his word, seeking his name and seeking his honor and glory. Um, and Jesus even, even did this all the way to the cross. And there's this interesting verse in, in John 12 where, where this kind of what we're talking about tonight, this sort of tension, and, and you probably can sometimes feel it. There can be this tension that we just want God to fix the issues, like just deliver us. Like, just, just take it away. We don't want to face the hard stuff. But there's, then there's this battle with, well, there's that prayer, or there's the prayer, Father, honor and glorify your name. Actually, what matters is, is your name and your glory, not, not just me being safe. And Jesus prays this in John 12. He's, he's looking towards the cross. And again, he's expressing his heart to, to God. And in prayer, you can do that. You can just be really honest with God. And, and Jesus is honest. He says, my soul is troubled. Like, like Jesus is, is recognizing what he has to go through and, and the gravity of it and the weight of it. And he's honest, like he's troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Jesus is saying, do I, do I pray to God to deliver me? Do I pray, God, take it away? God, God, make it so I don't have to face this? And he says, no. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. And he flips it. Father, glorify your name. See, Jesus' heart was that God's name would be glorified. And going to the cross and his death and resurrection, God's glory is revealed. He, he defeats evil. He makes a way for us to, us to come in and now pray as, as his children and pray to him as Father, us to be able to receive this forgiveness and to have his kingdom come on earth. Like, like this, Jesus made a way for this. But it, but it wasn't because he started with keep me safe and deliver me. He started with honor and glory to your name and he was willing to lose his life to, to achieve that. As we, we respond to this today, um, I suppose, suppose the, the sort of point is, well, what would it look like to flip that? To not just start with us, to not enter this month of prayer with, consumed with our needs and our troubles and our difficulties, which they're great. But what would it look like to, to acknowledge that, but to intentionally shift our focus on him and come back to recognizing he's God. And the point of this is not that our lives get better and that, that we have a good life and we're safe and we're satisfied and, 
and we have a good church and things get better and people come. Like, that, that's not the point, right? Like, the point is God's glory. The point is Jesus' name. The point is that people in Kalanga recognize what God is actually like and he's father and he's good and he, and he sent his son. Like, that, that's the point. And what would it look like to start there and to pray in that and still to pray for these needs, but to pray for them in light of that? So in a moment, we're going to invite you to come. We're going to take communion and, and, and just spend this time, again, centering on Jesus, his life of prayer, his life of sacrifice. And as we enter this, this month of prayer, I just want to share with you this quote um, from Mark Sayers, because again, it's easy to be overwhelmed, but instead, what would it look like to, to enter this focused on God with anticipation and excitement of what he can do? This is, I read this this week, found it so encouraging. He said, when the state of the world leaves you dismayed, it's not time to worry, but instead to expectantly and excitedly pray. For God always builds in the ruins. Resurrection always bursts from a graveyard. Revival springs from a remnant. As we take communion, we realize Jesus gave his life to honor and glorify the name to rescue us. But he came back from the dead. God rose him from the dead. There's resurrection power. And God has moved powerfully in, in areas across the world before. God has, has brought revival. God, God calls us to pray that not, we don't just hide away because things are hard. It's, 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 there's difficulties in, in our society. We say, God, we need you, your kingdom to come, your will to be done. We pray that he would move powerfully, believing that he can. So I invite you to think, think about that. How, how would you like to be involved in prayer this month? And we'll come and take communion. So I might just pray. Um, and then we'll, then we'll respond together. So, Father, we just come today and, and just say we want to be people who, who live for your name and your glory and, and say that, that that's our purpose, um, not, not for ourselves, God, but for you to reflect your image and your glory and your nature and your goodness, and, and that's where we find our true life and purpose in you. Um, we just pray, God, your kingdom would come. In, in rivers even more powerfully in our hearts and lives, God, at the night service here, um, that you would just pour out your spirit in our community. Um, and, Father, we, we just offer the, the very real needs that we have to you and ask for grace to pray for them this month. And, God, we just pray for your forgiveness for where we've just, just turned um, faith even or turned you or life or church into, into something that's about us. Um, your, your name, your good news, when we've used it for ourselves rather than for you, we ask your forgiveness. And Father, we just ask, God, that you would, you would deliver us and, and protect us and keep us from trial in this season. Um, God, give us grace to pray and to stand together um, and, and to see you move powerfully. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd meet us today, um, ask you to stir prayer in us in greater ways. And we just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.